Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name's Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James? What's up, game players? That's right. We're playing games. And today we played a bunch of Sega Genesis games. Why not? Uh, why not? Because they had horror stuff on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> it might not be exactly what we'd call horror now, but... Mm-hmm. There's yeah. even a couple more. I mean... This isn't everything. And we've already covered Splatterhouse, so that's like a big chunk of it. Yeah, Splatterhouse is the main thing, and Splatterhouse 3, in my opinion, is like the main thing. It's like the survival (laughs) horror game that's on the Genesis, but yeah, there's other stuff too, and this isn't even all of it, so. Yeah. Um, Three picks. Yeah. Three and a half, because I played another one, I'll probably mention it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But... Before we get too deep into it, as always, this episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly. You get bonus episodes every week, which is super cool. And uh, yeah, we also have a discord. You can come in and bullshit with us and hang out. And we got a t-shirts course yeah i always gotta plug the t-shirts man yes because there's like what like five left and we need to get rid of them <laughs> we need so we you can make more yes we need you to buy them uh yeah the links to everything uh can be found at zerobrightness.com so okay the sega genesis yes uh man i sure loved me some sega genesis when i was a kid still do i guess yeah Um, you like so we were both genesis kids uh (laughs) but you like super love the genesis dude that would be like a dope band name genesis Genesis kids Kids. yeah (laughs) fucking are you kidding dude that is a good band name all right i'm playing synth (laughs) it would definitely be like chiptune metal music (laughs) but yeah um genesis i got one like super early like with the altered beast pack in Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I got, early on, like, I remember renting just, like, a bunch of weird games that, until way later, I kind of had forgotten about. And one of them is here. Uh, but there, there's just a ton of them, because in terms of, like, Sega versus Nintendo, it seems like Sega had, like, so many little weird publishers putting out strange Japanese games that they didn't really like know what to do in America. Sure. Um, So you had like all these publishers like renovation and sages creation and stuff like later on, I found those publishers really interesting in like, in terms of like the big picture of the Genesis library just because these are like the weird little games I would like rent once and forget about for 10 years. Um, yeah. Well, and we've talked about before on the show that it's kind of like the Super Nintendo had a lot of the big prestige stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the games that people are like, oh, greatest games of all time, Final Fantasy VI, you know, Chrono Trigger, Super Mario World, that kind of shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Genesis had all these weird little games. And also, I mean, I don't know if it was the kind of edgy uh, 
yeah. Im- uh, imaging and messaging that went into the Genesis, or if it was just the way the graphics looked or whatever. But the Genesis did seem to have more stuff that had kind of like a horror vibe or like a gross look. Or like a more, gr- just the, uh, grown up in general. Like they felt like they were going for teens when Nintendo was going for kids. You know what I mean? Everything had attitude, you know? Everything was like MTV and nickelodeon yeah Yeah, like nintendo is going for the all ages like everyone can enjoy it and the genesis yeah was definitely for like the cool bad boy teens (laughs) uh so yeah i felt i felt like i saw a lot more horror type stuff or things of that kind of imagery on the genesis my mind always associates the two there's not a ton of it but uh i mean there's there's a handful of titles uh what, what what really interests me like as like a genesis collector I don't really collect as much as I used to, but uh, w- was like, you know, inside the g- giant Genesis library, there are kind of like sub libraries where you can just like go by publisher or developer and then get like a set of like eight games. And then you can say like, oh, I got like all the Sages creation games or whatever, you know, sure. that kind of stuff like just like tickles like my nerd bone. And uh, yeah, I just love doing that with that kind of stuff. And the, the first game I wanted to talk about just like quickly because it's a super simple game uh is is part of one of those libraries uh so the first game we're talking about is devilish the next possession which is basically like the the dark souls of breakout games yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, but it's by stages creation which is like a hilariously kind of like d-rate publisher in the genesis uh library they put out shit like uh Shadow Blasters, which I don't know if you've ever seen the cover of Shadow Blasters. Like, you should Google that real quick. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, Insector X, like, Crackdown were probably the best games. They did a bunch of crap, too. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's just really interesting for me to, like, look at these little sub collections inside the big Genesis. Because, I mean, full disclosure, I have, like, over 500 Sega Genesis games. Uh, I've got almost everything I want, but. There's so much like uh, sports games and shit on the Genesis that I never want and will never collect that I'm kind of almost at a stopping point from where I probably won't ever buy any more Genesis games. Maybe like one or two more. Sure. Yeah, and like, you know, another thing I guess that to me is is kind of a hallmark of the Genesis was that it had a lot of arcade-style games. Yeah. Like, it just had way more um, arcade-style games. It's probably, mm-hmm. I mean, Sega. Sega's always been... You know, was always like a big creator of arcade hardware. Um, yeah, that was like kind of their vibe. So, yeah, there's tons of games that you could pick up or try on the Genesis that, you know, they're hard to master, but they're easy to play. It's easy to pick up and play for like 15 minutes and put down. And mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of these developers you're talking about would make a lot of games like that. And mm-hmm. that was to me that was always kind of the magic of the Genesis was that you would just have all these weird like games that nobody's ever heard of by publishers or, or devs that no one's ever heard of, but it would just be this like fun little arcade game mm-hmm. that you could play a bunch of. And yeah, the system was just lousy with them. Yeah. So goth breakout devilish. It's a pretty cool game, but it's hard as hell. And that's like to its extreme detriment. Because I've had this game for probably a decade, and I've really never gotten past stage three. 
Yeah, um, so this game is really weird. It, so it's like a breakout or an Arkanoid style game, basically where you have like a ball that you bounce, you control a paddle on the bottom of a screen, you bounce the ball off the paddle to break blocks at the top of the screen. That's like, they've been making these games forever. It's a very simple <laughs> idea. However, what this game does is it maps it onto like a play field that's like a medieval horror action game. Yeah, and the the higher your ball gets, the screen starts scrolling upward. And so you just want to like scroll upward till you like find the big boss and kill it and then scroll to the end of the stage. Yeah, but so it's even crazier than just that though because also you have two paddles as opposed to just a normal one. Mm-hmm. So you can make like you can move your paddles in different directions and you can rotate them. So you can almost make like traps or like redirect kind of like mm-hmm. where the ball is going. The thing that I thought was super crazy um, is that because it's like on the ground, they program the physics that way. And like, if you're not ready for it, the way that the ball will roll side to side and suddenly like speed up randomly is like super fucking weird. And at first I like, I couldn't figure it out at first. And then I was like, oh, it's on the ground. It's like <laughs> your paddles are a guy that's advancing through the level and yeah. the ball is rolling on the ground. Because like another game in this style that I played briefly because I thought we were covering it, which is called Devil's Crush, uh, looks like this game and has a lot in common with this game, mm-hmm. but they kept the physics as if it was a real pinball machine. This game, it's not like that. Yeah, the Crush series of games are known for being like the earliest pinball games with actual like good physics. Yeah. And you know the physics in a game like this is really like the deal breaker. Unfortunately, Devilish has like really shitty physics and collision. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like charming enough to at least play for half an hour. <laughs> That's why I wanted to like quickly talk about it. Um, because yeah, it's got like a tight vibe. Um, the music is stellar. Yeah. Um, the aesthetics are cool. We're talking like skeleton knights and like big demons and bats and shit. It's, it's, it's truly very dark souls because there's even like a giant, like possessed tree you have to kill. So yeah, it's like medieval dark fantasy. There's monsters Mm -hmm. and demons and it looks really cool. And yeah, the music is cool. If you like that aesthetic, I mean, it's worth even just watching some of this game so you can hear the music and check out the visuals. Uh, the the story is awesome too because it's a, a princess and pri- a prince and princess were cursed by a demon and they're turned into breakout paddles. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> weird. Yeah, the thing about the physics though, like you're right, it does sucks. But I did think it was interesting that they actually tried to make it feel like it was rolling on the ground mm. rather than I, I, I never I never felt that so that's interesting you bring that up maybe I'll maybe I'll try give it another spin with that in mind yeah I mean this is like totally not the sort of game that I'd be good at so it didn't like help mm. me to know that but I was like oh <laughs> I think that's what they were going for mm. and then yeah once again like having played Devil's Crush like that game has all the stuff that this game has in terms of like enemies and crazy stages and mm-hmm. way too much shit going on. But the way it plays on a basic level is the same as like a pinball machine. Like it's just a right. pinball sim. This game, I think they were trying to do something different, which is kind of cool. 
the thing, well, the thing, the reason why I didn't want to cover Devil's Crush in this episode is because there's like strangely a bunch of horror pinball games. And maybe one day we'll do a horror pinball episodes. <laughs> I would have literally nothing to say, dude. I don't yeah. give a shit about a, pinball. The twenty minute episode that everybody's been waiting for. You could do that one like solo for a plus or something. I mean, yeah. I don't know. We could do it. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what I would say about pinball. <laughs> you bounce the ball. <laughs> but I was I did think this game was kind of interesting. Like you know, I played a little bit of it and I was like, maybe I should come back and try and like play this more just because it's like, it's so weird. It's just so hard. Like bring your game genie. Yeah. <laughs> you need the infinite lives. Yeah, no, totally. But yeah, it's a cool game. Yeah. It's the, it's got the little cutscenes for the story and shit like in the beginning. Uh, yeah. It's got a hilarious digitized voice that says, Dervorsh. <laughs> oh, it does that like weird, like, uh, it has this weird screen transition with like a big Satan zipper. Yeah. <laughs> like the zipper zips up the screen. Dude, Satan zipper rules. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm sample that. Satan zipper for president. <laughs> the the second band name to come out of this uh, Oh my god. Episode. Y'all are just getting this shit for free. Yeah, Holy for free. shit. Um Okay, what do we want to talk about next? Let's talk about Decap Attack. Because okay. Decap Attack fucking rules yes uh it was really fun going back to this game i probably hadn't played it in at least a decade maybe 15 years yeah so yeah it it was a lot of fun to uh revisit this one yeah i totally agree Uh, i hadn't played in a long time either it's a super super fun game uh once again i think it's pretty emblematic of most of the like horror type games you would have gotten the 16-bit era where it's kind of just like a weird platformer with a horror theme slapped onto it yeah well it literally was because when it came out in japan it was uh it was based on a arabian themed manga called magical hat yeah and um so yeah it literally got like a coat of fresh paint before it released here yeah (laughs) Exactly, and the aesthetic they chose is kind of like a more cartoony and colorful take on the Ghosts and Goblins kind of aesthetic, mm. you know? I, well, I was thinking, like, ah, real monsters. Oh, yeah. You know, it, Super Nickelodeon vibes. Yeah, totally. I do think, though, it, it, like, it does have some similarities to Ghosts and Goblins where it's like, it's not like anime style but it has a little bit of like a japanese kind of feel to mm-hmm. it like uh there's you know. some big cute eyes on some yeah. of those baddies yeah but it's not yeah it's not like anime style at all it's way more like 90s nickelodeon mm-hmm. um and and you know there is an all real monsters game for the Sega genesis that isn't very good no so this is kind of like the good game in that style and also <laughs> If you're wondering, yes, Ah Real Monsters does hold up. Uh, I rewatched it? it a few years ago. So fucking good, dude. <laughs> Perfect. I love that show. Yeah, I'm uh, all about it. Yeah. But yeah, this game has uh, a really cool style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love and it. And the soundtrack bops, too. Yes, totally. There's one track in particular that like, like explicitly goes hard to the paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally well and i think one thing to you know another 
thing that Sega kids will remember is like putting in like some Sega games, usually like a kind of American low budget Sega game, and it just looked mm-hmm. like shit. And it sounded like shit. Yep. And then you put in like a cool like Japanese Sega uh, Genesis game, and it was just mm-hmm. like super crazy colorful, super crazy um, soundtrack with the wild FM synth sounds of all along. Mm-hmm. Like this game has that Here to it a is. T. Yep. Yeah. And it's got big sprites, like big characters on the menu screen and in cutscenes and during like gameplay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just very like pleasing to look at, you know. Yeah. Well, let's let's back up a little bit and talk about its developer, Vic Tokai. Mm-hmm. Because Vic Tokai is like, all right, it's not Konami or Namco, and it's not even like Hudson Soft. It's like C tier. Yeah. Uh, but Vic Tokai did a handful of like bangers in the eight and sixteen bit generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of my favorite games actually, uh, Troubleshooter, yeah, and its Japan only sequel, uh, Battle Mania. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but those are two of my favorite games of all time. And they also made like Clash at Demon Head for NES, mm-hmm. um, Golgo 13, Top Secret Episode, mm-hmm. which is kind of a hidden gem for NES, but like highly regarded by some people. Oh, yeah. That game rocks. Uh, they even did uh, SOS, the uh, kind of survival horror shipwreck game on Super Nintendo. Remember that? Yeah, I've heard of that, but I've never played it. We'll have to cover it one day because I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, it, it is very clock towery. Yeah, and then uh, they did Mansion of Hidden Souls for Sega CD, which is you know I guess one we'll have to talk about eventually because yeah. Sega CD. Well, the the two games of theirs besides this I've played the most are you know Clash at Demon Head and Golgo Thirteen, and I think the things that I took away from those games is they have a ton of personality. Like mm-hmm. they're super kooky and over the top, and they have great art styles you know Mm -hmm. um and i i think that decap attack is totally that but it's even cooler if you like horror stuff because you're like a weird mummy man fighting monsters (laughs) yeah this dude like he doesn't have a head so like his face is in his chest yeah and you attack by like shooting your face out of your chest and Uh sucking it back in yes it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I like you, it. you punch people by popping your face out of your chest like an alien. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So this came out after Sonic One. So like, of course, it's like, okay, we've got like momentum-based platforming. So you like speed up and slow down. Like you jump highest when you run the fastest, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Everything's a little slippery, unfortunately. Just because of the Sonic effects. Yeah. But I don't think it's to its crazy detriment because of one thing is that uh, after you jump, you can keep hitting the jump button to feather your jump and kind of like slow down as you descend. Yeah. Kind of like bonk. Um, and that like really helps you like course correct when you're doing these like big, fast, kind of sloppy jumps everywhere. Well, and I think that. I didn't think of it as slippery. I thought of it more of kind of being heavy and having a lot of momentum or Mm. like weight to the momentum, I guess I Mm -hmm. should say. You know, there's a certain kind of platformer that you can tell right away that it's one of these where like your character is very heavy and you'll, you know, you'll skid when you stop and you have to kind of use the physics in the game to your advantage. And Mm -hmm. I actually really like 
games like that when they move at a slow speed which decap attack totally does like it's not like sonic where it's like really fast or trying to be super fast or anything um enemies don't move super fast like i actually like that feel a lot it's kind of the feel of like the gambari goman games which i talk about Mm. all the time and i love those games so I, I like a good weighty platformer with momentum, as long as it's not like super fast, you know. Yeah, and this game does have kind of like the Sonic the Hedgehog school of stage design too, because sometimes there's kind of like a high road and a low road you can mm-hmm. go through the stage, which was always kind of like a one of the things that you could do in like Sonic Three and Sonic CD, where like the the stages are actually like very vertical while they're horizontal too, so you can kind of take different routes and find stuff yeah yeah totally and gives you some uh incentive to replay the levels and Mm -hmm. yeah the the levels do feel very wide open and uh have nice verticality uh yeah yeah, it's super fun to just like fuck around in this game and explore and stuff like one weird thing that the game does that i'm not sure i like um is that uh every third stage you have to find a specific item yeah and then if you don't find the item you can't beat the stage like you literally have to like go backwards at the end until you find the item yeah um that was super annoying but i could see like how like somebody that like bought this game could just like memorize where those things were and it wasn't a big deal yeah well and also like i think the the vic tokai at least the games of theirs that i've played they all had a little bit more of an adventure feel to them Mm -hmm. and i think stuff like that was kind of to reinforce that design like you have an inventory you know you have items you can use items you can collect uh you know which i like always forgot about and never used yeah totally and then like the last two bosses i'm just like nuking them yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly so yeah i think it was all to to make the game a little bit more adventure you know yeah like all these victor kai games like they have cutscenes and they have dialogue and stuff Mm -hmm. that like you didn't get in sonic for example, um, yeah. So I kind of, I kind of liked, I liked their vibe with that. You know, obviously now it it seems a little dated because we know that you can just make anything an adventure game. But at the <laughs> time, those little touches, you know, yeah. meant, you know, like any game that I got to play that had like an overworld or a town that wasn't an RPG, I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was a kid. I get inventory? <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Yeah. You know, so I kind of like, I vibe with it. I remember being a kid and wanting everything to be like an adventure game. And so, yeah. like, you know. That's why I love Popful Mail so much. It's like Mega Man, but it's an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. yeah man that was like the most 90s shit was just like make it a rpg because like it. everybody just like just totally lost their shit whenever they did that you know yes i will upgrade my sword thank you yeah Mega Man legends remember that shit mm, holy yeah. shit people lost their minds i lost my mind it was <laughs> crazy it was like yeah or uh what panzer dragoon has a fucking rpg Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. That was just mm-hmm. oh, there's a Virtual mm-hmm. Fighter RPG, isn't there? Or there was supposed to be, and that turned into Shenmue. Yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> that is a cool idea, yeah. right? I think that's actually how Shenmue came to be. It was like we're gonna make a Virtual Fighter RPG, and then mm-hmm. uh, instead we got Shenmue. 
And then we decided to make it good and call it Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of forgot about all that. And then we were talking about Shenmue in the Discord the other day. And then I was kind of like trying to rationalize playing Shenmue. And then I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> actually, I think I think Yakuza is just what they ended up doing with Shenmue. <laughs> mm. oh, and the Lord Sega has really blessed us with that one. Yeah. There's like a million games in the series. And one, they're all fantastic. Yeah, one day I'll... I, like I said, I played the first two and I loved them. And I played them a lot, but I haven't played anything since. So. Dude, Yakuza 0. It's like $3.25. Like, But it's also like a lot of time. So I have to uh, really I have to really want to do it, you know? All right, Mr. Death Stranding. Dude, I just really wanted to play <laughs> Death Stranding. And uh, I love it. Great game. Yeah. So yeah. far, it's fantastic. Uh, I did come to the realization the other day that uh, uh, via, you know, a friend of ours, which is that basically Death Stranding is like that episode of King of the Hill where they get stranded on the top of a mountain in a semi truck. (laughs) Fantastic. That's like 90% of Death Stranding is like, how do you get down the mountain? That's like, and uh once I realized that, I liked the game even more. I love it. Yeah. I hope you, I hope you meet Mike Judge and Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah. I I've met Conan O'Brien and Jinji Ito, who are two two guys that I like a lot. So buddies. Yeah. Yeah, two buddies. So hopefully, hopefully I meet some more buddies. We'll see. Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Sega Genesis, Decap Attack. Um, This is a great game if you like, you know, offbeat platformers. I think this one's great. Yeah, I mean, I beat it in like four hours. Uh, Not too hard. Uh, it starts getting hard towards the end, but like ch- a little cheap hard because lava kills you in one hit. And that's like 90% of my deaths were lava deaths or like those little fucking fish that look like Garfield, like scary Garfield. Oh, yeah. And they like chase you. And fuck I love their design, but I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run. All the enemies are so good. Like the design of them. Mm. It's, it's nuts. Like there's not a lot of them, but, uh, they're all great. Yeah. Great I kind of have bosses. a little bit of affinity for that, like, chonky wolf man. Oh, yeah, dude. The Yeti guy. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I was actually going to say this game, you know, it's a platformer from the Genesis. It's hard. Of course, it's hard. But I didn't find this frustrating like I do mm-hmm. a lot of other platformers and from this era and the big thing is that it's super well designed and super well tuned so it's not like you pick it up and you just start dying right away uh Mm -hmm. you it's it's actually a really fun game and it's not super frustrating to return to dude i just had a flashback to the school bus where this kid told me a fake code for this game oh must have been second grade what an asshole (laughs) remember fucking fake codes were like a thing you know like Kids with their bullshit, like, I got 100 lives on Sonic. Yeah. Shut up, kid. I remember when the first uh, Smash Brothers came out, 
that was like everyone's like oh you can lock this character and this character and this character and it was all like fake i was like you have to do this you have to do this you have to do this i let my neighbor borrow that game for a few hours because like i'll get i'll unlock everything for you and then like i went to get it back and he was like oh we're trying to unlock this trying and i was like the fuck you are just give me my shit back you little <laughs> piece of shit dude i have my own uh sega genesis urban legend the jurassic park for sega genesis we've talked about it a couple of times great game this one time my friend across the street he was borrowing it from me and i guess he like left it on for a really long time or something but he like ran over at night and then like got me and like i brought it over to his house somehow he had like unlocked a debug mode on the cart whoa and like the raptor was the wrong color and you could like choose a stage and stuff and to this day, I've like I tried looking it up later, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And like we never figured out how to do it again. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's super. Unsolved cool. mysteries. Yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> Drop that track. Oh yeah, the we're dropping the X Files theme here for sure. Oh dude, unsolved mysteries theme like destroys X Files theme. Like oh, they're both good. That's but unsolved a, mysteries is on like a ne- another level. That's a very hot take. That's no, a total Woodard no. hot take. Where like in your universe that makes sense, and to everybody else it's like what the no. fuck, bro? <laughs> no, unsolved mysteries theme fucking pops hard, dude. I would cover that. <laughs> we'll do like, it. That's already, how legit it is. <laughs> You've got everything you need. Shut the fuck up and do it. Yeah. Prove to us that it's better on than it. the X Files theme. On it. We'll uh, do it on a seven inch, like. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries on side A, X Files on side B. That would be sick, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Decap Attack. Good game. Play it. I think this is maybe the most fun, like straight up fun of all the Genesis stuff we've covered so far. Oh, really? I think better, so. Y- you, you think Decap Attack's better than Splatterhouse 3? Uh, I mean, Splatterhouse 3 is more like impressive, but mm. this game is more fun yeah like just yeah. to sit down and play i think this is like the most fun one we've covered so far yeah for sure you know all right so, so so the third game for this week is the haunting starring polter guy yeah uh which is like such a weird game like there may be literally nothing like it the only things that i could think are like it are maybe like geist for the gamecube uh-huh or spy versus spy which is on the nes and uh sega master system yeah well and i feel like maybe there's games that have sequences like this so like the point of this game is that you're a ghost and you have to scare people yeah um you know what it actually is kind of like which is why i thought it was funny that you keep bringing this game up and you're like we gotta cover this we gotta cover this and it's like of course, because it's sort of like Hitman. <laughs> like super primitive. Like It's like Stone Age. Way, yeah. You know, Stone Age Hitman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's kind of funny that I feel like there's games that maybe have little sequences or something like that. But in terms of like a game where you play as a ghost and you have to like haunt people and execute hauntings. I mean, yeah, there was Geist for the GameCube, which was like a first person shooter where you were a ghost and you could like possess people and possess objects and stuff mm-hmm. um yeah and you know there's certain game like puzzle type games where you're trying to you know kind of get like a little chain of events to happen but this game is surprisingly unique you think someone else would have made a, a game like this but did you, did you ever play spy versus spy uh was that on the nes 
Yeah, NES and Sega Master System. It was just a, a really weird two-player game where you have to, uh, there's, there's like, uh, ten rooms, and you have to, like, set traps in certain rooms so that you can, like, kill the other spy. Yeah. And the goal was to, like, escape to the airport or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the, the whole game was about, like, setting up traps to, like, kill the other person. Yeah. So basically in this game, you're dropped in this house. It's like this like annoying like rich asshole family. And you have to kind of possess objects in each room uh, to scare the shit out of these family members until their fear level rises so much that they leave the house. Yeah. And we have to... Okay, we have to like pump the brakes a little bit and just talk about how this is like the most 90s ass shit ever yes. first of all okay the name of the game is haunting starring polter guy <laughs> polter guy is a cool guy ghost he's like a 50s teenager cool guy mm-hmm. ghost he's got a leather jacket mm-hmm. and like kind of a pompadour kind of a mohawk sort of hard to tell and uh, yeah, he's just a real cool guy. You get a really good look at him on the uh, title screen, and he's horrifying looking. I don't know who drew this character, but fuck them. <laughs> he's horrifying. Uh, yeah, and then you're haunting these people who are the the Sardinis. Yeah, <laughs> and like the the opening cutscene in this game is so fucking funny. It's like, yeah, there they are, the Sardinis. Ah, they're so. They're up to no good. They're just some rich assholes, and Polter guy's here to set them straight. <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. I could not get over it. Well, apparently the guy owns like a skateboarding company, uh-huh. and he puts like cheap parts on his shit. And so Polter guy, before he was Polter guy, I guess he was like riding a skateboard and it broke and killed him. Yeah. So that's why Polter guy is exacting his. Uh, Undead revenge on this family. <laughs> yeah, it's so goofy and weird. It is. It is really fun. I mean, like, if you if you remember like stupid shit like this from the nineties, you'll get a, a good <laughs> chuckle. But well, this and decap attack just pair well perfectly with like pizza pockets and high C. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well balanced meal right there. That's it. Dude. That's all you need. Um, but yeah, so what this game actually is, it's a three-quarter overhead isometric kind of puzzle game, I guess. Uh, I guess. It's, yeah, yeah, you like you have your guy, your polter guy, and you can freely roam around the house. And once you find someone, you can then choose the objects around them to possess and basically set off like a little animation of like a haunting yeah, and the animations are the real star of the show here. Mm-hmm. There's only four stages because, like, each time you like scare them out of a house, they like buy a new mansion. Yeah. So there's four stages, and you know each stage has a bunch of rooms, and the rooms are filled with objects, and these objects have really cool like haunting or poltergeist type animations tied to them. Right. And so the real star of the show is one watching these cool like animations happen and then two the the reactions of the sardinis as they like freak out and lose their mind or like their hair will set on fire or they'll like piss themselves before they run out of the room right 
Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting because uh you know, it kind of makes the game not super like deep. Like Mm-mm. and and the things that they added to make it deeper and more game like are kind of horrible, but Yes. <laughs> that basic thing, like watching the animations, deciding which traps to rig up, scaring the inhabitants of the house, is actually really fun and mm-hmm. it's really cool. And like, so I mean, if the game was just that, you could probably beat it in like 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but they decided to make it a game that you can beat in an hour or two by <laughs> basically giving you like a health bar that constantly runs out as you play the game like over time it runs out yeah um you can recharge it by scaring the people so you collect their goo uh they're like drop goo so you have to pick up their goo you pick up their goo when they leave the room after you're done scaring them uh and if you run out of goo you get banished to the underworld yeah uh, where you have to run around and collect goo that drips from the ceiling Mm -hmm. uh while evil hands pop out of the wall and hit you and it it really sucks. It's horrible. Um so basically if you die in the underworld, you have to start the game over. Yeah. And you only have like one life in the underworld and your health never recharges between underworld segments from yeah. what I understand. Um unless there was some way I couldn't get it to work. Um Yeah, this is a real shame, but really yeah, like like you said it's it was the only way to lengthen this game past like an hour. Yeah, but it does suck a lot. And I think mm-hmm. that these sections go on for way too long and they're super not fun. Um, and they kind of suck the air out of the room. Like, when yeah. you're having, cause like in, okay, so in the house, when you're in the house just playing the game, it feels very forward thinking, right? Like mm-hmm. the interface almost looks like The Sims and you basically get to roam around. You choose, you know, which hauntings you want to enact upon the residents of the house. Like it's very cool. It feels very modern. And then you get sent to the underworld and it's like, Oh yeah, I'm playing cool spot too. Yeah. And it's like Brown and it looks like shit and it plays like shit and feels like shit. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's like, that's the problem. I mean, some of the aesthetics in this game are really shitty. Like when you're in the underworld and the music is ass, like it just sounds (laughs) so bad. It's Yeah. EA. This is an EA game. So yeah. and you know, like if if your Sega Genesis cartridge had that little yellow tab, you knew the music was gonna fucking suck. Oh yeah. No, totally. <laughs> well, I think we've talked about it on the show before, but it was apparently because uh they didn't give Western developers a translated manual for the sound chip. Is that one okay. So I guess that yeah, I guess that's the explanation for why all the American Sega Genesis stuff had such like gnarly, shitty sounding music. Jesus, uh, which is kind of hilarious and also very sad. But should have had Brian Eno take a stab at it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, it's just a series <laughs> of cards that you flip over to tell you how to use it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it's even like with the with the visuals in the game too. Like the animations are really cool. Uh, and there's a lot oh, of yeah. like very cartoonish reactions that the characters have. Yeah, some of them are like legitimately freaky. There's this one where like the crown molding comes down and this like demon crawls out. I yeah. was like, man, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, but, like bloody showers. Yeah, I like this one where uh, 
there's like a uh, like a decorative carpet and a, like a swamp thing comes out of the carpet. So cool. Yeah. No, totally. And it's yeah, the animations are amazing. Uh, there's so much cool shit. Like even just the little shit, right? Like uh, you know, you'll just click on something and you're like, oh, it's a drawer. I wonder what happens. And it's actually like a pretty complicated little animation, like a bunch of knives flying out mm-hmm. at someone. You know. Yeah, sometimes you can control them like a poltergeist, like throw plates around. Yeah, or you'll summon a little ghost that you can control and like scare Mm -hmm. people. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a weird, overall, it's a weird game because like, in some ways it feels like it's barely interactive during the most fun parts, but then like, it is also super fun to like scare a little guy by piloting a little ghost at him. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just super funny and weird. Maybe it's a little more like Mr. Mosquito. It know? totally is like Mr. Mosquito. <laughs> That's actually a really good comparison. Yeah. You know, it's a weird novelty game. Uh, it's very weird and experimental. It's not a normal game. You can't really compare it to anything as we just mm-hmm. tried. Uh, but yeah, it's also it's also a bit of a mess. You know, like. The controls are kind of bad, especially in the underworld when you're trying to do those jumps and the yeah. like the three quarter perspective is just like totally ruining your ability to do that. Oof. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Man, isometric games blue. Remember Sonic 3D Blast? I try what a not shitty to game. But yes, I do remember that game. God. Yeah, I played a bunch of that and I played a bunch of cool spot too. Mm, and yeah. uh both you know it was like all those games had the same problem which was that they were all by western developers for the most part so they had terrible music and blurry ugly graphics but Mm -hmm. also just that like that perspective is horrible for platforming like totally you can't judge the distance uh vertically of anything Mm -hmm. so like when you're sitting there like trying to make a jump or something, your character just ends up flapping themselves at like a ledge over <laughs> and over. Yeah, like in this game, trying to make the jump is so your jumping animation is really insane. Like yeah, it's really goofy. He kind of like turns into a noodle and sort of does this weird arc. And so I'm just like sitting there waving around like one of those uh like blow up guys that they put outside of car dealerships. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Nice. Yeah. That's what it looked like me trying to make a jump in this game. <laughs> Yeah, the underworld bits are just a real shame. Um, but the the main problem with this game is that it just doesn't really have much replay value at all. You know, yeah. Um, play it once, you've kind of seen it all. You know, once you've seen all the animations and different traps, um, you've seen everything. Uh, this was yeah. a great like weekend rental, but that was about it. You know. Yeah. Well, that's another thing with this game too is that. If you go into a room, it's not like, okay, this time I'm going to pick this trap, but maybe next time I'll pick a different trap. Like, it's pretty much you go in, you'll spring all the traps, and then yeah. leave the room. Like, mm. it's... Oh. Yeah. Maybe it's a little like Tecmo's Deception. Yeah, a little bit. With the traps. Yeah. It would be fun to see someone make, like, a newer game like this. Like, yeah. where you have to, like, haunt people i mean i feel like just saying that it's like somebody has right or just not thinking it's gotta be like sneak king (laughs) okay (laughs) oh oh, sneak king is a whole other type of horror yeah seriously yeah uh yeah i don't know i felt 
I ended up kind of feeling mixed about this game where it's like these the animations are cool the premise it's similar to Splatterhouse 3 where it's like crazy to play this on the uh the Sega Genesis you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh I can't believe someone made a game that was like this forward thinking but then you know the underworld stuff the having to keep your juice up stuff like just how simple a lot of the game is and how not really interactive it is it's kind of like it's a curiosity it's worth checking out because it's so unique but i'm not gonna jump out the window yeah i'm not gonna jump out the window and say it's like the best game ever so yeah sega genesis greatest console of all time okay you gotta stop saying shit like that like i agree (laughs) wait you don't agree i don't agree with that wow brutal friendship ended (laughs) friendship ended with sega genesis now dreamcast is my best friend (laughs) there it is um no i think you know these games uh surprisingly were kind of a fun little cross-section of a lot of the stuff that i loved about the genesis you know Mm -hmm. like the weird arcade games just the plain weird games and then the really fun goofy platformers you know fuck yeah and i think that the like i said I, i feel like the draw of the genesis was that you could play some weird shit that you were not expecting to play, you know? Well, here's a little subgenre for you. Platforming games where you throw your head. Yeah. <laughs> How we are got, there two? <laughs> we got Dynamite Heady. Uh-huh. We got this. Yeah. There's got to be more. Rayman? Don't you throw your head in Rayman or something? Uh, I think so. I think he's a bunch of pieces. Vector Man's also a bunch of pieces, but I don't think he throws his head ever. You know, Vector Man is a piece of shit. You don't like Vector Man? Uh, I will not. No. Vector Man is overrated as fuck. That's like Sega Kids being desperate. Like, no, we got good shit. Don't point a fucking Vector Man. Dude, I don't know. Sometimes you just want to be a weird springy guy and listen to techno. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Another one, Comic Zone. People need to shut the fuck up about Comic Zone. Comic Zone is trash. Well, okay. So the problem with the Sega Genesis, honestly, like if you want to get into this, is that it had so many games like Comic Zone and Vector Man that just looked fucking cool as shit. Mm. And you were just like, I remember being a kid. I had both those games because I was like, I played a demo at at a little kiosk at Toys R Us or whatever, (laughs) and I was like, this is this looks so fucking cool. This is the most banging ass shit. You get it. You take it home, and you're like god damn this is not fun like what in the actual fuck and like i mean obviously the super nintendo had games like that too but yeah like a lot Mm -hmm. of the big marquee titles at the time like vector man comic zone uh batman and robin like all these games that i remember being like excited about they were like that and it's like yeah they just had cool graphics or like a sick soundtrack comic zone does have a pretty sick soundtrack yeah, all the while, no one's played fucking Crusader of Sinti. Like, what the fuck? Like, nobody I know has played Fantasy Star 4, you know? Oh, yeah, I've played I, Fantasy Star 4. Yeah. But, like, I mean, the other thing, too, though, is that, like, a lot of the the amazing games on the Genesis that weren't super common, so moving past, like, you know, the Sonics and the whatever. Mortal the, Kombat 3s. Yeah, moving past all that stuff. A lot of the stuff that was super amazing was really rare and hard to find at the time. Mm-hmm. And then like immediately the value shot through the roof, right? So it was yeah. like like it was hard to find some of those games if you weren't looking 
for them like yeah right when they came out yeah crusader of senti is expensive now yeah musha so, is expensive yes and so for me i actually didn't play a lot of these kind of those kind of games until later with emulators mm. Yeah. So at the time, like my obscure favorites were stuff like, you know, Atomic Runner and like Super Hide Lied mm-hmm. and like shit like that. But then stuff that you'd return to as an adult and be like, oh, this is actually really good. Like I didn't have physical copies of most of that stuff. You know, Atomic Runner is tight. Super Hide Lied is not. Super Hide Lied is a terrible game. Uh, <laughs> the Genesis version of Atomic Runner is the best version. And uh, mm. it. It's actually like a whole you can look it up. It's it's a crazy story. Like the dev team basically went back and like redesigned the entire game and nice. like put a bunch of extra effort into the Genesis version. So weirdly you can get it on more powerful consoles, but it's like the Genesis version is better than any other version of that game. Nice. So is yeah. the uh Genesis Gauntlet. It's four player and it's got like a whole fleshed out story mode. Oh, I don't think I've ever yeah. played that, actually. Gaunt- it's called Gauntlet 4, even though it's not the fourth gauntlet. It's just, like, four for fourth players. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. Atomic Runner is fucking Data East, and Data East didn't fuck around on the Genesis, man. No, true. So many great Data East games. That's another, like, great, like... It's not Konami or Capcom or Namco. It's, like, yeah. B or C tier. Oh, Data yeah. Data East fucked on fucking Genesis, man. Like, two, remember Two Crude Dudes? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Atomic Runner... It's a bunch of great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I remember like the Genesis kind of being my one of the early things where I learned to kind of look at the label, you know? Yeah. Because like you know, obviously Treasure had games, amazing games on the Genesis, and that was when I learned like, oh, Treasure is like just the best game developer ever. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But then like, uh, yeah, other companies like Data Ease, Victikai, stuff like that. I think for some reason maybe it's just the age i was or the games that were on there or whatever that was when i was like oh i need to start paying attention to this shit you know because mm-hmm. like beyond like yeah. capcom and konami you know but then like there's all these other smaller publishers it's like oh this shit is like good it's like following record labels you know oh yeah well i totally <laughs> i draw a direct line between those two things like yeah <laughs> for me as a kid finding like which game you know because you have to it was the 90s there weren't videos where you could go watch a game Mm -hmm. so like you had to learn like okay if it's got the ljn sticker it's bad you know if it's got the data east logo it's probably good (laughs) you know it's like you have and and then it's yeah once you start getting into music you're like oh like you know everything i've heard that says sst on it is like fucking dope like i I better pay attention (laughs) to this you know what i mean I mean, those B and C tier devs, they, like, made the Genesis magical. Because, I, I mean, like, we got some disappointing stuff from, like, Konami. Like, the uh, Tiny Toons game. I won't mm. stand for that. I think Decap Attack is, like, way better than the Konami Tiny Toons game. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, like I said, I think that uh, with the Genesis, I feel like most of the people I know, and myself included... With the Genesis, it was all about having a lot of fun little arcade-style games that yep. you got for cheap and just having a big library. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I felt like most of the people I knew who had a Super Nintendo, like they maybe only had like six games, but they were just like the best games, you know? That bargain bin at Toys R Us when it was like $15 Genesis games? Are you kidding? Yeah. Digging through that. Yeah. 
But that's like, I felt like the Genesis experience was having just a ton of weird arcade style games. So if yeah. your friend came over and you're going to just play Genesis all night, like you're going to play like fucking 10 different games and just play them each for like 20 minutes. We're going to play Kadash, dude. <laughs> Kadash yeah. fucks. Exactly. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that was a bit of fun. <laughs> yep. Cool. Uh, are we going to actually do a real game club or are you going to keep doing your like... Francis York Morgan smoking a cigarette game clubs. I kind of like those. <laughs> so, you like the zooted game clubs, huh? Check out this one. I'm fucking fucked up as shit. Can't even see straight. This cigarette's burning down. It's almost gone. How could that be? Retro month has only just begun. That's right. Four weeks, retro games, old school shit, and old school style shit. Shit. Next up, NES licensed horror games. The big boys. The ones based on films. Remember those? After that, it's Faith, the Atari style horror game. We're doing chapters one and two, because chapter three isn't out yet. Is it ever coming out? Huh, there's a mystery for you. And finally, Carrion. It's a new Metroidvania-style game. But you're the monster. And it's cool. Yeah, cool stuff is cool. Neat. Oh man, I gotta get my head together. I gotta get on the case.